0: My name is Rick Renner and today I'm standing by a big fire that we've lit in my backyard in Moscow, Russia. When Moses saw God on the holy mountain, he saw a bush that was on fire. He was standing on holy ground and God said to Moses, take off your shoes, for the place where you stand is holy ground and I want to tell you that God is a consuming fire. And he calls for holiness in our life. And when you throw the fuel of holiness into your spiritual life, it literally sets your heart on fire. Are you adding holiness to your life? That's a fuel that you need. And that is what I'm going to talk to you about today.
1: Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust. A message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God.
0: Here is Rick. My name is Rick Renner, and right up front, I want to say thank you for the privilege of letting me share space with you today. I know you have a lot to do and a lot of people you could be listening to, but you've allowed me to come right into your space, and I really count that to be a privilege. Thank you. And today I want to feed you the word of God. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 10, 21, the lips of the righteous feed many. And it's my prayer that God will use this teaching today to feed your heart and to feed your soul. We're talking about having fuels in our life that cause our spirits will fire to burn more brightly. When you were young, did you really burn with the fire of the Holy Spirit? Are you burning today the way that you used to burn? Well, go back to the early years and look what you did in the early years that caused you to really be an inferno for Jesus. Are you still doing those same things? Very often we drift in our spiritual lives and we don't even realize we are drifting. If you go back and look at the early years when you first came to Jesus, when you were really on fire, there were things you did back in those days which really fed your spiritual flame. And today, And in this series, we're talking about the fuels you need to inject into your flames. If you feel that your spiritual fire is on a low burn, or you feel like the fire's nearly gone out, or you need to quickly do something to stir the fire back up again, then this series is for you. It will help you. The series is called A Life Ablaze. It's 10 parts. It comes in all kinds of formats. It's based on these programs, and these programs are just loaded with teaching and with Revelation, I know there's no way you can catch it all in a very quick program. You need to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. And by the way, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Something miraculous happens when we hear the teaching of the Bible, And by the way, that's why I'm so thankful that you're a partner. You're helping me take the teaching of the Bible to other people. And if you're not a partner, please become a partner. Just call us or go online and you can become a partner. But we're offering you the series, A Life Ablaze. Also, my new book that I'm just so excited about. I waited and waited for this book, and here it is, A Life Ablaze, 448 pages. You know, when I started writing this book, I thought it would be small. Well, a small book for me would be about 200 pages, but this is 448 pages. It just poured out of me as I was writing about the various fuels we need in our life to sustain our fire. And hey, we don't want to just sustain it. We want to grow that fire. The Bible tells us that God's intention is that his ministers are a flame of fire. God wants me to be a flame of fire. That is my prayer. But for me to be a flame of fire... I have to feed my flame to keep burning and to increase the intensity of the fire. And so do you. And this book describes the fuels you need and how to inject them into your heart. It will really help you. But today we're talking about fuel. We're talking about adding more fuel to the fire. And as I told you in the stand up today, I'm going to talk to you about the fuel of Holiness. Now, many people get turned off at the word holiness because they immediately think of restrictions and legalism. That's not what holiness is about. When you hear this teaching today, it's going to thrill your heart and it's going to give you a new revelation about you. Well, it's important that we discuss holiness because if you want the fire of God, you need the Holy Spirit to be active in your life. And what's his name? His name is the Holy Spirit. It's not just the Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. He is holy and the Holy Spirit feels most comfortable in places where there is holiness. He is the Holy Spirit. So if you're walking in holiness, guess what? The Holy Spirit is going to be more visibly active in your life, and where the Holy Spirit is active, there is fire. He comes with fire. So if you want the fire of God to burn in your life, then you have to create an atmosphere in your life where the Holy Spirit is comfortable. God calls us to a life of holiness, that will bring us divine activity and that will bring us spiritual fire. Now today we're speaking from the Bible. We always use the Bible in this program, but we're going to begin in our anchor verse, which is second Timothy chapter one, verse six, Timothy's fire was on a low burn. He was about to see his fire evaporated. He was dealing with problems, distractions, and apparently it was affecting his spiritual fire. Maybe that's what's happened to you. Well, listen to what Paul said to Timothy and to us. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. If Paul tells us to stir it up, it means we can stir it up. You can do this. You have to be intentional, but you can do it. The Greek word that is used here describes being enthusiastic, to be fervent, passionate, vigorous, to do something wholeheartedly or zealously. So you've got to be very wholehearted about this. You've got to be zealous. You've got to be passionate about this or it's not going to happen. But if you're passionate about it, if you really put all your heart into it, you can stir up the fire of God in your heart again. Well, we've already looked at the fact that we need to add the fuel of the Word of God to our heart. We need to add the Holy Spirit to our heart. We need to add prayer to our heart. We need to add the fuel of worship to our heart. We need to add the fuel of generosity, but today we're talking about the fuel of holiness. What is holiness? That's a very important question. In both the Old Testament Septuagint and the Greek New Testament, the word holiness is or the word holy comes from the word hagias. It's the same word in the Old and in the New Testament. This word holy, the Greek word hagias, is used over and over and over. So we know what the word holy means. The word holy means to be separated, consecrated, holy, or sacred. Never again to be regarded or used in a common way. That's very important. Anything holy is in a category that is separate and sacred from other things. And I'm going to give you two examples. Let's begin with the example of the Bible. But wait a minute. What is it called? It's called the Holy Bible. Those who translated the scriptures understood the meaning of the word holy. The word Bible is in the Greek word biblios. It just means books. Well, if you go to the library, there's a lot of books. The library is filled with thousands and thousands and thousands of books. But in the entire library, there is only one book called the Holy Bible or the Holy Book. They attach this word holy to the first of it to make a point. This word holy means the Bible is in a category by itself. It is separate from all other books. It is consecrated. There is not another book in the library like the Bible. The Bible is distinct. The Bible is separate. There is not another book like the Bible. It's holy. It's separated. It's consecrated. It's sacred. It may be a book, but you'll never find another book like the Bible. It is the Holy Bible. It is separate. Do you understand? All right, now let's move to the next example. In the Old Testament, the Bible tells us that Moses saw a burning bush, and he approached the bush. And when he came to that bush, God spoke out of that bush, a burning bush, and said, remove your shoes, for the place whereon you stand is holy ground. That word holy is this word "hagias." It describes something separate, something consecrated, something sacred. That mountain was touched by the presence of God. Now, if you had just looked at it visibly, it was just one little mountain nestled among all the other mountains. And if you looked at it naturally, you couldn't see any difference between that mountain and all the other mountains in the area. It didn't look special at all. But when God's presence touched that mountain, the divine presence set it apart. The divine presence. Consecrated it. The divine presence put it in a category so that even though it looked like all the other mountains, it was no longer like the other mountains. It was now very, very different. I say this in that moment, the divine presence supernaturally separated that mountain and set it apart into a holy category. God's presence, God's presence on that mountain, set perimeters around it, separated it from all the other mountains, and God's presence changed the status of that mountain. So that though it was nestled among all the other mountains, it was no longer in the same category of the all of the mountains. This was a different mountain. That's why it came to be called the Holy Mount. Just like the Bible is in a category by itself, that mountain was in a category by itself. God's presence changed its status. That's what the word holy means. Now keep that in mind, and we're going to go to Romans chapter 1 and verse 7 where Paul's describing Christians. He's writing to the Roman believers, but he's describing all Christians. He says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Well, guess what? The word saint is from the word hagios. It is the word holy. Called to be saints means you're called to be holy. That means you and I, we're not just Christians, we're not just believers, we are saints. That word saint, a translation of the Greek word hagios, Which means when God's presence came into us at the time we repented of sin, when we called Jesus Lord of our life, when we were born again, the Holy Spirit moved in us. And just like God's presence changed the status of that mountain and made it into the holy mountain, it was no longer like any of the other mountains. When God's presence came into me and when God's presence came into you, our status changed. And we may look like normal human beings, but friends, there's nothing normal about you or me. We are not normal at all. When God's presence came in, God's presence changed our status. That presence of God in us set us apart. God's presence in us consecrated us. God's presence in us made us sacred. And that is why here it is translated as the word saint. We are saints. We are set apart. We are not like other people. We're consecrated, very different from other people. We're set apart. We are sacred people because God's presence has come in us. And God's presence has changed our status. That means I am holy ground. You, my friend, are a holy ground. That's who you are. And that's why the Holy Spirit came into you. He's comfortable there because your status changed. It's an environment of holiness, so the Holy Spirit came in. That's amazing. Now we have to learn to live like who we really are. We're not who we used to be. I like to think about the Corinthians. Because the Corinthian church, before they came to Christ, they were really a mess. They were just a mess. Listen to what Paul says about them in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-11. to Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God, and such were some of you. Well, that was a very kind way of saying, hey guys, this is who you used to be. Corinth as a city was a moral mess. And the people who lived there were really flawed. They were so defective because of the moral mess in the city. And before these people came to Christ, they were fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, they were abusers of themselves with mankind. They were thieves, they were covetous, they were drunkards, they were violers, they were extortioners. Paul says, such were some of you. It was a nice way of saying, hey guys, that's who you used to be. But then he adds these words in verse 11. But you are washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He says, first of all, you're washed. Thank God, my friend, you are not who you used to be. When the blood of Jesus touched you, you were washed. This describes a thorough cleansing at a specific moment in your past. It occurred the moment you repented of sin and called Jesus the Lord of your life. The Holy Spirit came in and you were washed clean. Your past is gone. But wait, that's not all he did. It says you're washed and you are sanctified. Here we come back to the word Hagias. But in this particular case, it is the Greek word, hagiadzo. It's a form of the word hagias. But again, it means set aside, consecrated, or made sacred. Just as the Holy Bible is set apart from other other books, it's consecrated, it's sanctified. Just as the mountain was set apart from all the other mountains, when the Holy Spirit came into the Corinthians, they were no longer like the other Corinthians in their city. They may have lived there, lived among them, but they were not like anybody else in the city. When God's presence came in, they were sanctified, they were set apart, they were consecrated, they became sacred. God's presence in their lives changed their status. They became sanctified, or they became saints. And that's true of you. I love this scripture. In First Thessalonians chapter four and verse three, but first I want to read you a quote. Listen to what J.I. Packer said: "Holiness is in fact commanded. God wills it. Christ requires it. All the scriptures, the law, the gospel, the prophets, the wisdom writings, the epistles, the history books that tell of judgments past, and the book of Revelation that tells of judgment to come, call for it. That's very important. You and I are called." to holiness. You know why? Because that's who we are. That's our new status. If we're holy, then it's inappropriate for us to behave in unholy ways. That's who we used to be. That's not who we are right now. We are not unholy. And that is why 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 says, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification that you should abstain from fornication. That's the number one question people write to me about. Rick, I want to know the will of God for my life. I really want to know the will of God for my life. Well, the will of God is found in your Bible. It's really in your Bible. If you read your Bible, you'll find the will of God. And in this verse, it says, for this is the will of God. Here is the will of God. What is it? Even your sanctification. It's a form of the Greek word hagios. Here it's translated sanctification. It depicts us living differently from the rest of the world and living in a state of holiness in our daily lives. Our status has changed, friends. We're not who we used to be. Who we were is not who we are. When God's presence came in, it changed us. Just like when God's presence came on that mountain, it changed the status of that mountain. When the Spirit of God came into us, it separated us from our past. We were washed with the blood of Jesus. God put perimeters around us and said, hey, that person is now mine. I've put my spirit in that person. That person is holy ground. And the Bible says it's God's will that we live in sanctification, which means sanctification is unequivocally God's will for our life. That means living according to our new status. That's really what it means. Not living like we used to live, living according to our new identity. Then he goes on to say that you should abstain from fornication. Well, it means if your status has changed, you can't do what you used to do. And if you used to be a fornicator or you used to sin in any way, you can't do that anymore. This is not about legalism. This is just talking about living up to your new status. Don't live according to who you used to be. Live according to who you are. God made you holy, and therefore you're to live a sanctified, holy life. You're to abstain from fornication. Abstain from who you used to be. And the word abstain is a Greek word, echo, and I love this Greek word. The word echo means to abstain or to withdraw from, to stay away from, to put distance between oneself and something else to deliberately or intentionally refrain from something, to put physical distance between oneself and another person, place, or thing. And in fact, you could translate it like this. Listen to this marvelous translation. Put space between you and any kind of temptation you're facing. You must build a barrier between yourself and the temptations so that it is impossible for you to cross the barrier and do what is inappropriate for a holy person to do. You see, you're not walking into holiness to become holy. You're walking in holiness because you are holy. That's who you are. And unholiness is just inappropriate for your new status. Live up to your new status. This is really what the scripture is commanding us. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul says that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. When Paul says, every one of you, it is the Greek word, hekistos. The word hekistos is an all-inclusive term that embraces everyone with no one excluded. So he's talking to me, you, your friend, every one of us that's born again. Every one of you that knows Jesus as Lord should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. The word possess is the Greek word which means to handle to gain control over, to manage, or to win mastery over. You should know how to handle your vessel. The word vessel is a Greek word which described a vessel, a container, or a utensil. But in this case, it's talking about the human body. And in this verse, we're really talking about body management. Body management. You need to know how to handle your body, how to handle your life. You need to know how to manage yourself, your vessel, because God has called you to sanctification. And honor The word sanctification, again, a form of the Greek word, hagios. God has called you to be separate. He sets you apart. God has called you to be consecrated. You're not who you used to be. You're no longer common. You can't do what you used to be because now you've been consecrated. God has called you to be sacred. You are a sacred person. Live up to your status. In fact, he goes on to say, to possess possess your vessel in sanctification and honor. The word honor is the Greek word timei, which means to honor or to hold something so valuable that it's precious, prized, cherished, treasure, valuable, and very dear. It means to assign value to an object or to a person. You are precious. Your body is precious. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Treat it like it is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Live up to your new status. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7, he says, For God has not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. The word holiness, again a form of the Greek word hagias. God has called us to live separate lives, to be different. That's really what it means. He's called us to be different. He's called us to live consecrated lives. He's called us to live lives as if we are sacred. I really like what Romans 6.13 says in the New Living Translation. Give yourselves completely to God since you have been given new life and use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. Wow. Billy Graham made this amazing statement and this is how I want to conclude today. We have largely lost sight of the holiness and purity of God today. This is one reason why we tolerate sin so easily. My friend, a sinner is who you used to be. It's not who you are today, and you should not tolerate this in your life. God separated you. Isn't that amazing? He put perimeters around you, He put barriers around you, and said, That person is mine. I've marked them off. They're mine. That person is holy ground. And when you live like that, the activity of the Holy Spirit becomes abundant in your life. And when the Holy Spirit really begins to work in your life, it sets your heart aflame. This will cause you to become an inferno. The fire of God will burn in your life. And let me tell you one more final word. When you're living a life of holiness, you'll sleep better. You won't feel guilty when you lay down at night because you'll know you're living according to your new status. We're out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment. And I'm going to pray for you.
1: Is the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in your heart as it burned earlier in your life? How do you stoke the embers of fire so that they begin to burn red hot in your heart again? How do you sustain that fire for the rest of your life? In the 10-part series, A Life Ablaze, Rick Renner will show you the fuels you need to stay spiritually ablaze and how to use them to stir your spiritual fire. In this 10-part series, you'll learn what is the real condition of your spiritual fire right now What to do if your spiritual embers are about to go out? How to stoke the coals to get them burning again? What fuels you need to inject into your spiritual fire? Available in digital or physical format, starting at just $20, you'll learn how to reach inside yourself to stir up the fire of God that is in you. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, A Life Ablaze. In this powerful book, Rick lays out everything you need to live an intimate, uncompromising life and stay on fire with the Holy Spirit's power for years to come. You can do it, but you need to know how, and that is what you'll discover in this timely book. Don't delay ordering your copy today, because it will help you throw the right fuels into your fire to get you burning again. Order your copy of A Life Ablaze today for only $18. Don't miss this special offer, this series, A Life Ablaze, and the companion book, A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
0: My friend, our ministry is really growing. We're reaching people all over the world that are tuning in because they feel like they have found teaching they can trust. And what an honor that God would ask us to bring teaching of the Bible into people's homes. I'm really praying for a revival of the Bible in the hearts of God's people. And God's people are responding. They're calling. They're writing. And because we want to reach them and minister to them in the very best way, we need to expand. We are bursting at the seams. Our office building in Tulsa has become totally insufficient. We're having to put all of our resources, and materials, in containers because we have no more room in our building. And we just found a building that would perfectly meet our needs. And it's fully furnished. And at the same time, we're building a new TV studio in Moscow because this studio is just inadequate for what we need to do. If you can imagine, we're filming five to seven daily programs in this studio. We have run out of space. It's time for us to expand. You can really make a difference in someone else's life by participating in this expansion project. And if it's in your heart to say yes, I want to be a part of that, you can find out more by going online or give us a call right now. This program today was packed from the beginning to the end. And tomorrow, we're going to cover the next fuel you need to add to your flame. It also is going to be quite packed. But we're talking about spiritual fuels we need to add to our fire so we remain on fire for Jesus now and for years and years to come. God does not want your fire to go out. He wants you to stay on fire. So you need to add the right fuels to your flame. That's why I'm offering you my series called A Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. Also, my book. Oh, I'm so excited about this book. Please get it. A Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. 448 pages. It is just jam-packed with information and not just information, revelation that is so practical, you'll be able to take it into your heart. It will help set you on fire for Jesus. But I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you that today we could talk about the new status that you've given us. You've called us to be holy, and you want us to live according to our new status. Holy Spirit, you are the Holy Spirit, so help us to walk in holiness. And we pray as your activity increases in our life, we will become an inferno spiritually. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today, it's been so good. And remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. I'll see you in the next program.
1: Rick Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity.